you're working in an agency or if you're a buyer and you're buying services from an agency, just just have clarity and transparency on what what you're looking for. Because I think that that expectation is where so many bad experiences are created. Welcome to 33 Tangents, a weekly podcast featuring a rotating panel of co-hosts that all work together in the same company, but live in different areas of the world. The discussions cover a wide variety of topics from digital analytics to working remotely to current happenings in business and technology. Our regular day-to-day conversations often go off in various directions, and the goal of this podcast is to share our ideas and find new ways to engage with others. Um, all right. So I've got this with me today. Oh yes. Awesome. Love it. Yep. It was, it was rough. I'm still, my legs are still somewhat feeling the run. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, I was confident going into it. Um, and I was doing great for the first part of it and I hit the wall at mile 10 Yeah, and it was just agony, uh, finishing it out. But it was one of those things that it was just like everything to keep going. Like, yeah. don't stop. Don't stop. If you don't, Dude. if you stop, you're not restarting. I, I have a lot of respect for you, man. I think I tried to run two miles once and then like the two mile mark, my legs started burning and itching so bad. I'm like, no, nope, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> well, I mean, like when I say run, like, so I finished in three hours. I was mm-hmm. hoping to do it in two hours, 45 minutes, which would be a 20 minute improvement over my time four years ago. I mean, massive gains. Same, 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 same course. No, no, different course, but same okay. distance. Okay. Uh, still a half marathon. But sometimes the course can have a real impact on your time. Yeah, right? but I mean, this was yeah, this one was mostly flat though. It wasn't like the only thing was is there was a bridge that you mm. went up and over, down, turned around, came back, and went up and over again. And I kind of gotten myself to a nice pace where I walked up the bridge, not to burn myself out, and then yeah. went down it and like gravity assist. Yeah. <laughs> um. So. It was mostly flat. I think it was just, I don't know. Like it was just, it was weird this time. Like I, I, I thought I had trained pretty well. I'm going to do it again next year. I, I'm, I'm definitely going to do it again next year. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's fun for me to go run there. A lot of the boardwalk running was, was definitely fun. I enjoyed that. And, you know, taking in the scenery there as I was, I was doing that. Um, but it was one of those things where it's just like every little thought, like to keep yourself going because the thoughts of like, I just got to stop. I've got to stop. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. and I'm like, no, okay. and it was like, okay, you got three miles left. You got two miles left. Mm. All right. I see the finish line. <laughs> pushing. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's awesome. I'm glad you did that though. Thanks. As yeah. As it was. Yeah. yeah. No. And it's like, you got to challenge yourself every now and then you got to like, people are like, yeah. do you find that fun? I'm like, absolutely not. I am not a runner. <laughs> I am not built for running. I do it. I do the fun races. Like, you know, like there's the broad street run that people here love, you know, right down center city, Philadelphia, not my run. Uh, and that, that's a serious one. Like that's yeah. one of the more serious ones in this area. This one for me is a run at the shore. That's ah, fun. Yeah. That is awesome. 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 The weather I'm sure was cooperative. Oh, it was gorgeous. I have to send you a picture from the top of the bridge. I stopped mm-hmm. and t- took a quick picture. That's cool that not being ultra competitive, you can uh, yeah. catalog your journey along the course. Yeah. So like the, like I, like I said, I finished in three hours. I was hoping for two hours, 45 minutes. Um, 
the person who finished first finished in an hour and 10 minutes. So <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not that person. That is crazy. So yeah, like at the top of the bridge, I took a picture looking out over and you see the inlet where the ocean meets the bay there. Mm. Very cool. Very awesome. You don't have to add it to your metal. So your metal wall is to your right. Is that yours? It's over there. Yeah, yeah that's mine over there. Awesome. Impressive. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Uh, what's new with you? What's going on? Uh, it's fall. It's nice. I, it's like this brief window where you can be outside and it's not too hot and it's nice, mm -hmm. but you know, it's just, it's too fleeting. So mm -hmm. I took my drone up in the mountain over the weekend and got some footage. The, the colors weren't peak. So maybe I'll go up again this weekend. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's fun to take the drone up and fly it around and get some, some pictures of the leaves changing. Colors, nice. So uh, that's cool. It's fun. I like flying the drone. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So let's, that's it. Um, I'm trying to shift my food menu to uh, some of those fall classics that you uh, enjoy in the fall. So I'm looking at chili recipes. So if anyone has an awesome chili recipe that I should try, I'm, I'm all ears for that. I'm, I dig chili in the fall. Nice. So. Um, yeah, I'm getting the, the side of the house. Uh, that, that's progressing nicely. I want to yeah. have that set up for the fire pit for, yeah. for the fall. Nice. Yeah, yeah I was nice. talking about I was talking to a buddy of mine the other day, and I'm like, I'm working on the side of the house because I've got um, a projector, an HDMI mm -hmm. projector, and then um, you know I've got a screen for it, and then the fire pit. And I'm like, yeah, we'll we'll put hockey games on out, you know, mm -hmm. in the fall before it gets too too cold. Well, we can go hang out outside, get the fire pit going, and watch the hockey game out there. He's like, dude, sounds good to me. That would be so. <laughs> you'll you'll be the place to be. Everyone's gonna yeah. hang out at Jim's place. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, like I'm going to string up some lights over top of it. It'll look nice. Yeah. Well, it's going to get big time if that ever takes off. And then like, you're like, you know, it started as a small thing. And now we have like a, a cheesesteak food truck that shows up on game nights and we, you know, mm -hmm. it's a whole thing and it's a block party. <laughs> like, yeah. I can see that. Well, Hey, we had the ice cream guy come by for, for JP's birthday this year. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah. So after you know, we, we timed it, so after we sang happy birthday and started to cut the cake, the ice cream guy came. That is awesome. And so, you know, that that was instead of scooping ice cream out of a carton, everyone went up to the truck to get their drink. That is so cool. Or, you know, get, you know, ice cream cones or milkshakes or whatever. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Very, very cool. So unfortunately, I don't have a segue into into our topic for for this week. But it's it's a continuation of what we started talking about last week around quality, and it's and it's and it's only fair because last week you set up your own. Oh yeah, intro. <laughs> so it's like we're going to the two polar extremes here. Yeah, I got nothing this week. Last <laughs> week I had it all planned out. Yeah, I had the whole segue scripted. It seemed natural, but now yeah, I I, yeah, I set yeah. it up. No. Um, so I want to continue talking about quality, but I want to focus on on agency services. Uh, so last week we, we talked about the, the idea of like paying for quality versus paying for low cost. Mm -hmm. And we, 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 we did mention, you know, professional services, but I want to focus on agencies and specifically agencies in the, the digital analytics space, because there are a lot of things here that definitely that, that are typical agency practices. Let's call them out and call them what they are. Typical agency practices that fly in the face of 
delivering quality to mm-hmm. to to a customer and there there's definitely some that immediately come to mind and you know i've been trying to strike the term best practice from my my vocabulary yeah. because like yeah like early in my earlier in my career I, I i would flaunt that term and you know best practice it's a best practice but the more i've come to really think about it talk with others about it see conversations about it really put some thought behind this term mm-hmm. is that all best practices is it's a shiny word for just applying the same template over and over again and not really putting thought into what you're designing and delivering. So with agencies, one of the most common practices is, is they have like a boilerplate requirements for the tools that they use and they just go in and do a find and replace for the client name in here, slap this up. These are the, these are the, the requirements and the best practices we have for this technology regardless of how the client's site, their tech stack all work, we need this, you know, here's how we say, and it should be done. And, you know, there are typically issues that um, come from that. But so, yeah, that's what I want to focus on today. Some of the the typical agency practices that really don't lead to, to a quality, deliverable quality experience. Yeah, and I think it's a it's a really good conversation. We probably should start with, you know, talking a little bit about what what we mean by quality and what quality is, because I, you know, it it may be one thing to say, oh yeah, I know what quality is, or I know it when I see it. Um, it, it may, I think, it may be important to to put a little bit of language around what it means when we say quality, and um, when you start to pull it apart, it's really quite a complex and nuanced thing. Um, because there's, there's so many facets to play into it. Um, and if you just look at one angle of it or one perspective, maybe you look at it as like a three-legged stool, the thing, it doesn't stand up, quality falls apart. And I, and I, and I think from most agencies' perspective, so are there agencies on the cheap? I, maybe I shouldn't use the Walmart example, but you know, like a low-end retailer that knowingly, it's like, look, we create lower quality products and we can sell it for, a lower cost. Well, that's our business model. That's okay. You know, so there, there, are, there are absolutely and there are consumers for that. Yeah. And there are consumers for that and it fits a need. Um, there are absolutely agencies that fit that space and it's, it is, it is what it is. It's fine. You know, it's like they, there's, it's a lower quality product and offering and they, they know that there, that's a specific niche in the market that they're, they're um, positioning themselves for. And that's completely fine. I think where the challenge comes in is where, um, agencies perhaps want to have a more higher level of quality, but they focus on only one aspect of that. And then quality falls apart and they're confused on, on why that is. Um, and it's, you know, they may look at it from only one perspective. The example that I gave and I started to talk about many, many years ago was like, let's think because I love food. Let's, let's think that we're running a restaurant instead of an analytics agency. It's a, a restaurant is a service business. There's, you know, we're serving our customers and let's think that we're hyper-focused on quality. Where, where does your mind, if I say that to you and like, take yourself out of hearing this conversation before, if I say like, okay, we're going to start up a, a business gym, we're going to run a restaurant and we're going to be known for high quality food. You know, where does your mind instinctively go? Are you talking about like known restaurants today? No, no, no. I'm just saying like what, what, if, if you and I decided to start a restaurant together and we said, okay, we're going to be known for high quality food. 
what, where do you, where does our mind instinctively go as far as where we're going to spend our time doing De- designing the menu and then preparing the food. Yeah. And, and really preparing the food is where the execution comes in. Right. So yes. I think most of our minds would go to preparing the food. It's like, we're going to, we're going to really focus on preparing it. So it's the highest quality. Nothing is going to go out of the kitchen that does not meet these extremely high quality standards. And I, and I'm going to take this out to a level of, of absurdity because it helps really illustrate the point. The, the analogy that I've talked with the team about is, is just this analogy. It's like, okay, Jim and I have started up a restaurant. We want to be known for the highest quality food in the city. And so we're going to make sure that the food that we prepare is going to be the highest, best quality ever. And so a customer comes in, they sit down, they order, they or what, what, what's the Ramsey, uh, beef Wellington. Yeah. They order the beef Wellington from us. Um, and we sit there and, and we, and we focus on that meal and we put it together and two and a half, three hours later, the meal is ready. And we go out to the, uh, dining room to deliver it to the customer. Where's the customer? They're gone. They, they've left. They left hours ago. Right. But the, the dish was perfect. Like we spent all the time we needed to build the perfect dish, but the quality of the plate and the food was only one part of the stool of the quality of the experience that the customer is having. And so quality fell apart. And so, again, that's kind of an absurd example. Um, But I think it really helps illustrate the point that it's, and the word that you're going to hear, and we've probably talked about it a lot, the word that you're going to hear common throughout these conversations is it's about the experience that you're creating for the customer where quality sits and is wrapped around. And, and, and you have quality of the components that I add into that experience. But if you only focus on one of the pieces, then quality breaks apart. Um, I was talking with uh, Evan LaPointe a couple of days ago, um, and he was sharing this example of this, uh, this lighter that he purchased. Um, and I'm not going to name the, I'm not going to name the uh, company he bought it from, but he bought this high-end fire starter uh, for camping, you know, starting a camp stove or or a campfire. And it was really a beautiful piece of equipment, really solid, well-designed. You can tell it's going to last for years, even, you know, being tough with it, throwing it in a backpack, you know, dropping it on the ground, hitting it. It's going to, it's going to survive. It's a really high quality item. He's like, I took it camping and I couldn't start my campfire. The, the thing went light. It wouldn't work. And, and I'm like, well, what was going on with it? He's like, well, I, I, I started reading the, the manual that it came with and it said, uh, lighter doesn't work above 2000 feet. I'm like, oh, well, that's going to be problematic if you're camping in the mountains. Um, you're going to have to, you know, sh- you're, you're going to struggle to find some good spots that are lower than 2000 feet. And, and so we started talking about it. He's like, you know, this is kind of a, a quality problem that it's only one leg of the stool. You know, we thought so much about the actual physical appearance of it. And we thought so much about how rugged it is and it can, you know, stand up to all these different things. And we had this design center down in LA where we tested it and we built it and we had the maca and like customers loved it and they loved how it felt in their hands, but no one actually ever took it up into the mountain to say, does it work in the real world? You know, when the customer gets this in their hand, what's their experience going to be when they're at the lake at 10,000 feet? You know, and had they have done that, they would have saw that quality collapsed. And and that's, I think, the problem that so many agencies in in our specific space 
uh, face is that they get hyper-focused on one leg of quality. And then they're confused on why their customers are having poor experiences with them. Like, well, wait a minute. The, you know, this implementation we did was the highest quality. Like our code was perfect. There were no bugs. You know, our documentation was impeccable. Uh, you know, the, this optimization program that we set up, every, the nuts and bolts of it just were perfect. It's like, but that was just one leg of multiple legs of the experience that you were creating for your customer. And you missed the bigger picture. Yeah, because if it came out nine months too late now yeah I, you know there's so many examples of it you know mm -hmm. it's like okay well you got it done and it came out nine months after the launch of the new site and now they've you know everything that they needed this for it's kind of moot you know their opportunity to really get the value was nine months ago so from a time perspective yeah like you put together this perfect beautiful thing but it didn't provide the value that it needed to um and there's there's so many examples of it and i I've tried to pull back from beating up on the billable hour model because every time I do people come out of the woodwork and want to fight me about it. But you know, the billable hour model is another great example. It's like we built this perfect thing for the client. Yeah. But you nickel the dime them to death. And every time they wanted to do something slightly different, you had to, you know, slow down and stop for two weeks to get a change order signed. Yeah. You delivered it, but go ask the customer what their experience was like. They're going to tell you it sucked. So you know, was, was, did you provide something of quality? No. Some of the components were quality, but the overall experience of what you delivered was actually very low quality. So, so then if we were to kind of break down your three components of, of quality, it's the ingredients, the time to deliver, and then the experience of, of the delivery. So I, I, so I think it's, it's four things. So the legs would be the actual kind of ingredients of, of what you put together, kind of the, the quality of, of what it is that you do for us, that's implementations, that's providing analysis, that's running personalization campaigns. Those would be kind of the ingredients. The second component is time. Um, as we know in consulting and the reason why um, we chose to not bill by hours, and that's, a whole other conversation that I think we've had episodes on link in the bio description here for the, <laughs> that episode. Um, as we know, time is a critical component uh, for, for, for services because the quicker you can solve a client's challenge problem issue, the more valuable it is to them. Um, which we know is the opposite of what benefits billable hour. The longer it takes, it's more beneficial to the agency. So time absolutely has to be a component because the quicker you can do it, the more valuable it is to them. But this is why it's a balance, right? Because you can do it quick, but it's going to be crappy. You know, so you have to have a balance of time, quality of the ingredients. And the third component to it would be the role that, that you're playing. Um, so having clarity in what the, the role is and because that can really change the experience, um, is my role to come in as a contractor and operate under the guidance of the company? Um, is my role to come in as really a trusted business partner and guide, um, you know, what are the parameters of our engagement? And then you take those three things and then what that does is it creates this holistic experience that wraps all of that together. And if you don't address any one of those specifically, then it falls apart. So if we go back to the, the restaurant example, you know, time is obviously a very 
clear component. If I'm going in and it takes you four hours to put the mill together for me in 99% of the instances, I'm, you know, I'm not going to be there when the mill is done. So, you know, you have to balance time with the ingredients. You know, if, if you, if, if I'm going to a sushi restaurant and it tastes like a piece of carp that was laying out on the side of the road for two days, you know, it doesn't matter how long you take, it's never going to taste good. So you have to balance the ingredients, the time to prepare it uh, with expectations on the following. And the last one is roll. So what, and, and really around roll, what are my expectations? So if I'm expecting a, a Wagyu steak um, and I go into a, a vegan restaurant, it's not, doesn't matter. Like there's, you know, the quality of that roll is, is going to be violated. So all three of those things really need to be thought about and in, and in alignment and perfectly balanced in order to create an amazing experience. And that balance is really the hard part because it's so easy for us to get pulled to one way or the other. Um, and oftentimes, oftentimes it's, it's one of the three, right? Um, and for us, it may be, well, we need to get this done faster. Okay. But remember, we also have to balance some other things because we're thinking about this bigger experience or, we need to have this, you know, we need to have this perfect. Okay. But we also need to keep in, in, in our mind the time. So you're launching this really important campaign in three weeks for the work that we're doing to support that. So what happens if we launch six weeks after the campaign? Well, this is worthless. Okay. Right. So we have to balance perfection with time. And so it's this constant kind of balancing act to keep those three things in place. But when you, when you do that as an agency without even thinking about it, you create quality around the experience, but it's incredibly hard to do, right? Just think about how hard it is to kind of balance all, all three of these. And that's why, and I don't think agencies are trying to be bad or trying to create bad experiences. It's just incredibly hard, you know, and, and you hire people where they're like, I don't even want to think about that. I just want to do the job. I'm like, okay, well, then that's somewhere else. Cause it, you know, here we don't just think about the job. If you think about how we've talked about things, it's, it's the job is just part of what we do at the, at the top level and why companies want to work with us, it's honestly less about the job and it's much more about the, the experience that we're creating for them. Mm -hmm. it, it's the, you know, it, it was great timing because I had a conversation with a client earlier today, um, you know, our, our main stakeholder. So, so not our day-to-day, -day, um, contact, but this is the person, like, this is our buyer. And this is the person who reached out to us and it, it was great. The, the feedback we, we were getting on it, it kind of left me on a bit of a high, uh, because yeah, the, the conversation was all about like the, what they felt nothing mm -hmm. about like, we never once did we look at an SOW and check off. Okay. We deployed X, we configured Y we went in and validated Z uh, it was, I feel confident in the data now. Mm -hmm. My team is asking me the right questions now. You know, there is definitely a level of increased competence among, among the team. And yeah, like it, it was never any of those, those specific things. It was all of that stuff brought together in the, you know, in, in a proper time frame. And, and that's really the perfect measure. Um, and, and again, you just, as agencies, you need to be clear on what it is that you're doing because the, this isn't for everybody and that's okay. Um, but if this, if this is the uh, kind of 
framework that you're choosing, then that ultimately is the measure. Now, am I just trying to crank out work? That's awesome. Again, there's a place for that. Like, I need to get this measurement plan out. I need to configure these five variables to collect data. You know, I need to run this report that, that reports on conversion rate for this funnel. That's fine, right? Like, there there is a need for that. Um, and the measure of that is the deliverable. But for agencies that are really interested in creating an experience, it has to be something much bigger than that. And the words that you use that, that, that our stakeholder uses is exactly what you need to be hearing, right? It's not about a, oh, this rapport or this variable or this implementation component. It's a, I feel better. I feel smarter. You know, we, we feel like, we feel like, you know, this thing that was hanging over our head is gone. You know, we feel like we can now use the data. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and then you, you just mentioned something else, like the, the feeling of like something hanging over their head. That's the other thing he turned to me. He goes, he would normally have to reach out to the folks on his team. Like, is this okay to share? It, you know, are we, are we fine with this? It, and he's like, I know I, I don't have to worry about that anymore. Yeah. That, that, that is not a concern. Yeah. And and yeah, and it's because, you know, what we did was get away from the idea of best practices mm -hmm. and getting away of just sending boilerplate things or things that, well, we've done this for other clients, so let's do this here. It was, it was tailoring what, what we wanted, what we needed to do based on what they were telling us. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a. Uh, I love that story, and I I would say you know if you're building an agency, if you're working in an agency, or if you're a buyer and you're buying services from an agency, just just have clarity and transparency on what what you're looking for, and because I think that that expectation is where so many bad experiences are created. Again, you know you can go to the Walmart model as long as that's your expectation, you can have a perfectly good experience, right? But if, if you're expecting something else, then it may be a very bad experience just because the expectations are, are misaligned. And so I think that's the biggest thing that agencies and buyers alike should should really be focused on is what is our expectation for this engagement? And if the expectation is, well, we need to check X, Y, and Z off the box. Well, we need to know how many hours, you know, like that's our measurement of success. That's awesome. You know, look for an agency where that is what they're, they're offering. If you're finding yourself using words like, well, I want to feel like, or I just want to feel better, or I want to, you know, if it's about how the it, words that describe an experience, then you need to be really, really um, selective in the type of agencies that you want to work with. Cause there are very few that offer that as a service or offer that as part of their, their strategy. So if, if your goal is to have, you know, this really, um, tailored, you know, craftsperson like experience, and then you go to a big box retailer of an agency, you're going to be disappointed, no matter how good the deliverables are, no matter, no matter how high quality the results are, the experience isn't going to be high quality, because there's a misset um, level of, of expectations. Mm -hmm. And I just think that so many um, buyers and sellers don't think about that. You know, they think about, well, we're buying, we're selling something. So our, our, our population is all buyers and buyers think the same way. Well, it's like, well, we're buying analytic services. So 33 sticks and uh, sapient and 
eClerks and Nabbler and Search Discovery and fill in the blank, they're all the same thing. That can, it's all the same product. And it 1000% isn't. They are very, very different products for very, very different buyers. And, and that's ultimately where I think both agencies and customers have bad experiences is they go into it with misset mis expectations on what they want to get out of an engagement. And they think that all, all buyers are the same. And on the, flip, and on the flip side, agencies are responsible as well because they think that all sellers are the same. And that was a hard place for me to get to. Um, especially early on in 33.6, because I thought every buyer should want what we're offering. Like, this is stupid that they want another experience. And it was, it, it, it took me a while to learn that. I was like, wait a minute. No, no, no. You know, we're offering something very specific and very unique and it's not for everybody. And I found myself getting so frustrated in the early days where I'm like, why is this company pushing back that they don't care about the experience that they just want someone to come in and they need to kick a report out to their boss that we worked 20 hours for them this week. I'm like, I don't understand this at all. And it took a lot for me to get to the point. It's like, okay, I get it now. You know, what we sell isn't for everyone and not everyone is looking for what we sell. And that's not only okay, that's where the beauty happens, where you find a buyer that absolutely wants the uniqueness of what you're selling. Mm -hmm. um, so, so a few minutes ago, you were talking about misset expectations. Um, where do you think that happens? Like, wh wh you know, what, what's, what's the cause of the, those, that, that, those misset expectations? Well, so I think it's, it's twofold. Um, from an agency perspective, um, and I will absolutely put the blame, <coughs> excuse me, on the um, desire to put revenue as the number one goal. And, and look, revenue is incredibly important. If we don't, if we're not profitable, if we don't make money, we don't have a company to even have this podcast, right? So, you know, don't mistake what I'm saying, but when you allow revenue to define the experience, oftentimes you'll sell anything to everybody. Um, and, and we see this a lot, both on the vendor side and the services side in our space, where you hire this, this team of salespeople that are phenomenal at selling goods and services, but have either no clue or no desire to care about the type of customer you're trying to sell to. And so they'll sell anything. So I think that's the number one problem from an agency perspective. They believe that their buyer is everyone that needs analytic services. And that is absolutely false. You know, you, you're offering your, your product is not just your, your product is not your deliverable. I guess I'll put it that way. And far too many agencies feel like their product is the deliverable. Again, you're buying an audit from us. You're buying um, a measurement plan from us. You're buying uh, an analysis of your conversion funnel from us. Those are, those are deliverables. That isn't the product. What you're, the product is the totality of the experience, right? So again, you know, going back to the restaurant, you know, I'm not buying this meal. I'm buying an experience. And that's everything. It's the quality of the food. It's the timeliness. It's the kitchen. It's the decor. It's how the, the waiter and waitress makes me feel. It's how I, you know, it's all of it. I'm buying the experience. And so I think, I think the number one blame has to lie on agencies for not knowing who their customers are and believing that every customer that has an analytics need is their customer. They're miss by doing so you're, you're missetting expectations and from the start, you're setting up your customers to have bad experiences with your agency. The, the other side is on the buyer side, where the buyer does not know 
or does not think about the importance of the experience they're having. Um, and so I think the buyers need to be educated as well as far as what they want to buy. If, if, my, if my expectation is to buy a commuter car that costs $20,000 and I make an appointment with a high-end importer where their minimum price vehicle is $375,000 and, uh, you know, it's this complete, it's going to be a very bad experience for me <laughs> because that's not what my expectation was. So it's, it's, it's also fair to ask the buyers to really think about what type of experience and what they're looking for. Because again, not every product that an agency sells is the same. So if, if you're looking to have a very personable, humanistic, highly craftsman-like, tailored experience with a boutique analytics agency, and you go to Sapient to have them do your implementation or your analysis or help you build out an optimization program, chances are it's going to be a pretty bad experience. And it's not because the quality of the deliverable that Sapien put in place was bad. It's because the quality of the overall experience was bad based on what you were expecting. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think it takes two to tango. It's, it's definitely both sides. I think agencies um, need to do a much better job of being open and transparent about who their buyer is. And the, the first step in getting there is for them to know that. And I think most don't. You know, most, most agencies start up with the thought of, well, we're going to sell analytic services. So every company in the world that needs analytic services is our buyer. Nope. You got to go back to the planning room and figure out who is your buyer? What is your unique per experience that you're creating? And then figure out who your buyer is and sell to that buyer. Again, if you don't, you're only hurting yourself because you're going to create a bad experience. They're not going to buy from you again. They're going to tell your friends that their experience with you was bad. So just don't do it. And from, again, from the buyer perspective, just be honest with yourself. What experience am I looking to get? And be clear on that. And that's going to dictate the type of agencies that you will talk to. Because again, if you have one experience over here and talk to an agency over on the opposite side of the spectrum, it doesn't matter how high quality the ingredients are, the experience itself is going to be low quality. And that's what you're going to remember. So talking about setting expectations, I want to talk about a typical tactic that, that that's used that I know gets your goat. Mm. Uh, it grinds your gears. That really grinds the, my gears. The, you know, during the, the sales and discovery process, you have one of the most senior members of the team involved, but then after you get past that part, everything's handed off to, to a very junior level person. <clears throat> It's interesting you bring it up because, well, I think about it all the time. Um, it was just thinking about it. This it's it's a very very popular tactic. I'm sure if they're writing up case studies and giving out awards for running good consulting businesses, companies that do this would be getting all the press and winning all their awards. And maybe they are. I don't know. I don't really care. Um, but yeah, I mean it's it's a solid practice because what happens is you put your best people out front. You set the expectation that that's going to be the case. You then pull them back after you sign and they may still be engaged. They need to you know, keep some sort of presence in the engagement. Um, but let's go to the billable hour model. I'll just tell you how this works. So I'm going to put a $350 an hour consultant out in front during the sales process, say 
this is the experience you're going to have with this. It's the $350 hour experience. Once you sign that $350 an hour consultant, their time with you dwindles to almost zero. They're going to stay around just so you still see them in your periphery. But what you're going to see is you're now going to have a team of $75 an hour consultants. But I'm going to bill you at what we call the blended rate. Uh, and so I'm going to bill you at $275 an hour. That's our blended rate because now we have a team of people. And we don't want to gouge you and just charge you $350 because that's not fair because you have some other people on your team that are not at that level. So we'll, we'll charge you our blended rate of $275. But really you're getting the $75 an hour service. Um, it makes for amazing margins. It bumps up the revenue in the short term, but in the long term, you're missetting expectations. And unless you can continue to grow this like a pyramid scheme where you just add more and more people and companies into the mix, you're, it's gonna fall apart. Because I guarantee you, it's going to create a bad experience for the customer. And you may fool them a couple more times, but ultimately they're gonna stop buying from you and the minute they stop buying from you, I guarantee you they're going to talk to their friends and their friends' friends about how bad their experience was with you. They got bait and switched. And so while it may appear seductive in the short run, in the long term, it's incredibly difficult to keep that maintained. The only way you can maintain it is with new logos. You can't maintain it with existing customers. You constantly have to be adding more and more and more business to your, your, your workload, to your company in order to make it work. It's just not a very smart model if you're thinking about sustainability. So it, 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 it bothers me and it, and it, and it also bothers me. Um, from a 33-6 perspective, it, because it keeps me up at night because it's something that I think about all the time. Um, and not that we have that model. We have the opposite of that model. But I care so deeply about the experience that our customers are getting. I, you know, I think, man, did I did I sell them an experience that they're not going to have? Like, are we giving them what we want? Like, I don't even know what's going on with them. Like, I'm really scared. Like, I told them they were going to get A. Are they really getting A? And so, you know, it, it keeps me up at night wondering, like, are they getting that? And they are. But it's still because it is so important to how we operate. It's something that I constantly worry about all the time, but I would much rather have that worry than the other worry of knowing that we're deceiving, that we're making a conscious choice to deceive our clients by putting something in front of them that they're not going to get. It's a lot like the food commercials, right? Like, have you ever gone into a subway and got a sandwich that looked anything near like what it looks like on their commercial? I mean, not even close. Like they show this big, beautiful stack sandwich and I go in there and I get, you get the sandwich that's smashed like this. And it's like, is there even any like meat or veggies on this thing? It's like, that's what it's like with these agencies. You see this beautifully crafted piece of food that you're never going to get. Have you ever seen the videos of how they actually make yes, it's gross. The food images and food commercials? <laughs> yes, it's so gross. Like to the point not where even, they're like using the stuff's not even edible. Yeah. I, yeah. They were showing like pizza commercials where, yeah, like the pizza commercials, you're pulling the piece off and you see this, the yeah. cheese stretching. Yeah. That's glue. Yeah. Yeah, I did. We probably saw the same documentary, but yeah, I, I watched that. I'm like, because you can't get it looking that good with the actual food. Yeah. And like so the French fries from, from fast food places. 
you know, like they, 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 they basically in the commercials, they put like a piece of styrofoam yeah. in <laughs> yeah. the bottom and then actually put the fries on toothpicks to make yeah. them stand up. That's right. That's right. So, yeah, I mean, there's a whole art and science to making that food look good, but you know, I, I guess, you know, it gets people to go by, but what, what, what's the experience? Because the, the expectation you're setting an expectation that's unattainable. Yeah. And for me, I am, I am much more about, you know, it's funny because I was thinking about it this morning because someone asked me why I felt my content resonated so well with people. I'm like, it's because I have no training in how to be a marketer. <laughs> I'm like, I literally don't know how to market. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know how to edit my videos. So they look like I'm an Instagram influencer. I don't know how. To, so I just do what feels natural to me and I'm authentic. And I think that resonates with people because most of what they see in the marketplace from an advertising perspective is not only not authentic, it's oftentimes not even real. Like the food, the cheese on the pizza is actually glue. And, and people see through that because when they, when their experience doesn't match the expectation, it starts to set off a lot of questions. And, and so, you know, I, I think it's probably a blessing that I don't have any formal training in sales or marketing um, and why, you know, be my, my stuff not being as polished or professional looking is actually a, a pro because it's simply a reflection of who we are of being authentic. And I, and I think that that resonates with people because so many people, so many people have been burned by the fake food in the commercials. And when they go to get it, they're like, this isn't what we ordered. You know, this, this isn't what you sold us. This isn't the service that we saw in the sales process. These aren't the consultants that you prated out in front of us during your, your dog and pony show. And, and it's that, that gap in expectations and reality that creates so many bad experiences. And again, the quality of your marketing may be high, but that's only one leg of the stool of the quality of the experience that your customer is having with you. And if the quality of the actual delivery doesn't meet that expectation, quality is going to fall apart. Yeah. I, I'm going to also have to link in the video with the food. Yeah. Yeah. If you find that. It's really, it's funny how all of our conversations come back to food, either food or travel. It's a a universal thing that people can relate, can relate with. So, yeah. Cause I mean, you know, if you think about it, like you can ask anybody, you know, what, what, what's the worst, you know, restaurant experience that you've had? What's the worst hotel experience that you've had? Everybody's got, got a story. I think the ice cream was lard. Was the ice cream lard that was painted? I think so. (laughs) <laughs> I think it was something like that. It was that. something yeah. that didn't melt. It was something that, that would stay perfectly in form. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like there, there was this but one it's such time, a great it's such a great example. Yeah, there was one time like 10 years ago we went to this ice cream place and I got this you know like you, you see this picture of like the this this Sunday and like it's showing like big marshmallows on it so I order that and it comes with like the little cereal marshmallows. Yeah. And I'm like this doesn't match that. that. Yeah. <laughs> Where's that? Cause that's yeah. not this. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I love that you bring that up because it, I'm going to use that in the sales process now, by the way, I'll, I'll give you credit because that, that is a perfect way to describe what we see all the time. You know, well, you know, they're, they're showing us blah, 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 blah. You know, they're this person. I'm like, yeah, I know that person. They're amazing they're not going to work on your account. They're not going to, you're not going to get a word out of them. 
<laughs> you know? And, and so that's such a great way to look at it. It's like most of these agencies that are using that model where they put their high price talent out in front is akin to the restaurants using, you know, fake food to create their commercials because it looks really, really good. But when you order it, what you're going to get is absolutely not that. And you're going to be left holding the ice cream with a little breakfast cereal marshmallow saying, no, 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 I want that picture up on the wall. That's what I ordered, you know? So. Oh, no, I, I remember that one. Like that, that's one of those things that just stuck with me. I'm like, yeah, no, that, that's not what you're selling. Yeah. I, I love that. I think maybe I'll even create a little two minutes, like teaser video with that analogy because it's so spot on perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, go for it. Like I, I will be more than happy to share that, that experience <laughs> with people. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's just, I mean, there, there's just so many analogies we can draw with, with food and, and what we see in, in the digital analytics space. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah. but you know, you and I having spent years and years at, you know, various different agencies, I thought, you know, this would be a fun topic to just chat about. Like, what are some of the shortcuts that we see um, that, that, that lead to a, a poor quality result and yeah. ultimately a, an unhappy experience. Yeah. You know, and, where, and, where there's, there's bad taste left in, in people's mouths. Yeah. And again, I think that's the most important thing to walk away with from this conversation is that you need to get to a place where you're thinking about the experience and not just the ingredients, not just, you know, the deliverable, not just the, you need to think about the totality of the experience that you're looking for. If you're not doing that, you know, you may get lucky, right? I'm sure we've had some clients over the years that just kind of fell into our lap and they didn't know what they were getting. They're like, wow, we didn't realize we were getting this really amazing experience. Uh, so you may get lucky and, you know, fall into an, uh, an agency where you have an amazing experience. Chances are you won't unless you know what you're looking for. Um, and so I think that's the most important thing to, to walk away with is if you're in a position to buy services, really take the under uh, the time to understand what it is that you're looking for from an experience perspective. If you don't address the experience, you know, the chances that all the ingredients are going to line up perfectly for you are, are almost zero. Yeah. So cool. Well, this was, uh, this was fun to dig into and it's always fun to talk about food. Yeah, I agree. Now I'm hungry. And it's yeah, I, I haven't had lunch yet and, and it's late today. So yeah, I'm actually going to go, go make some lunch. Sounds good. Good, good topic. Yeah. Good. Uh, good chat with you and uh, we'll catch everybody later. All right. See you. See you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of 33 Tangents. If you enjoyed what you heard, please rate and review the show on your favorite podcast aggregator so others can find us. If you would like to reach us, you can do so by emailing podcast at 33sticks.com or on the web at 33tangents.33sticks.com. 33 Tangents is a production of 33 Sticks, an analytics boot.